Wednesday morning with 49 degrees, afternoon showers here in the New York area with a high of 59. Well, uh, sometimes you come across somebody who writes about a topic that that you feel is um, really critical to discuss, and you wonder if there'll be any uh, any you know hardcore conclusions at the end of the uh, at the end of the book at the end of the, uh, the 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 time that people you know pay attention to this topic. What do I mean? I mean that uh, Rabbi Mendel Dubov is with us live via telephone, Chabad in Sparta, New Jersey, and he has a brand new book entitled "Shall We Have Another." Boy, talk about family programming. Shall we? This is real family programming. Shall we have another, a Jewish approach to family planning? Rabbi Mendel Dubov, welcome to JM in the AM. It's an honor and a pleasure. I appreciate that. How are things in Sparta? I used to drive through Route 15 on my way up to camp many, many years ago. Is that the area that you're in? Absolutely, that is the area. We have a Chabad house here, and we're trucking away. We're serving all the Jews. I've just come back from the International Conference of Chabad Shluchim. We're on a high, and we're ready for a fantastic year ahead. I I can't believe there's a regular minion there. Is, in fact, there a regular minion? Yes, we have services every Shabbos. As of very recently, we have solidified the minion. We get a minion. It's it's the miracle of miracles. And you don't have to call in the deer or any of the uh, or or any of the wildlife to 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 help out. Yeah, 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 just Jews. Yeah, we keep it we keep it regulated to Jews here. And I say that only because you're living in such a sprawling area. You're living in a people who who never saw the Sparta area can't even imagine. Just how you can't even say suburban. Just how how sprawling it is, as you know, and, and it looks like you know farmland, frankly. And that's why I'm saying to myself, how could there be a minion? It would take it would take so long for people just to walk to wherever the local school is. But I guess I guess there is. Uh, I I have to come and visit you to see the layout and to understand just how it works. From for people from New Jersey, yes, there are Jews in Sparta. Unbelievable. There are Jews everywhere, and Sparta is not the place that you might have thought would be a Shabbos minion and a Hebrew school and everything going on for the Yom Tovim, but there it is. It's we're here and we're we're proud. There's a Hebrew school as well. How long have you been there? How many years? We've been here eight years. We took over from a previous rabbi. Chabad has been here for eighteen years. Unbelievable. The book is called Shall We Have Another, A Jewish Approach to Family Planning. Why, Rabbi Mendel Dubov, did you write the book? I think I'll answer in a typical Jewish way, why wasn't there a book till now? Right. Um, that's, it's a ser- it's, this is the, the issue, the capital T, that defines the lives of families, and every family and Jewish family is no different. And we know that Jewish tradition encourages us to continue having children if we are so able. And this is huge. This is massive. And I just think that the time has come because of the entire uh, movement and the way the world has been going that a serious conversation about these ideas is very necessary. I think you'd agree, and I think we could say this across the board, um, probably of any Jewish couple that you and I know, and I mean literally, you know, across the entire religious spectrum, um, everybody wants children. I, I think that's a, a safe assumption that any married couple out there wants to be a parent, and that's probably not your issue. It sounds more like your issue is once a family has one, two, maybe three children, it seems that 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 we tend 
uh, as a general, uh, you know, uh, um, as a general statement, obviously there are plenty of people out, out there that don't agree with this in terms of their own personal lives. As a general statement, we as a Jewish society drift into the American mindset and essentially, you know, start thinking very seriously about not having a larger family than that. Would be that be a good way of putting it? I'll tell you this. At the end of the book, I have an appendix there which is directed at the non-Jewish community. Uh, the Torah has a system, as we know, for the Jewish community, primarily for the Jewish people, but then, very importantly, for society at large. Um, the assumption that everybody wants children today is becoming uh, you know, less and less true. Um, we know that there are many who choose not to have children. Even in our community? No, I'm talking about the non-Jewish community. Oh, general community. Okay, general, general community. And really, really, and this is the um, sort of the axis of the book, the question of continuing to have children must, first, must come after a satisfactory answer of why have children. You see, we, we, ha- we want to have children, and therefore we generally don't question that. We don't, ha- we don't have that question of, why have children? It's a natural thing to us that we want to. But after the subjective need for children has already been met, the question becomes not a subjective one from the parents. You know, do we want another child? Our want for, another, for children has been met at, you know, whichever stage it is. Right. The question then becomes, does this child need to come? Does this child need to be born? That is the question, and that's a big question, and that touches on the fundamentals of, of the meaning of life, of the meaning of an additional life, of a, the meaning of another Jewish life. All right, I, I want to get to the actual specific uh, chapters, some of which are right along the lines you just said, but, but now, now that you've said what you've said, I have to say that it, with that attitude, with that type of mindset that you just described— um, no couple would ever stop having children until physically unable. Would that be? Would, would you agree with that? Well, one one has to cautiously and properly navigate one's path. And generally speaking, we have one child at a time. You know, yes, there are. Sometimes they come in batches, but on the you know on a, on a general level, we don't have all the children at once. This is a, a thought process that a couple should have when they are, you know, able and ready to have another child. Right, I understand, but if you're saying that generally there's an obligation or a spirit to our tradition that the, that the, you know, that the next soul needs to be born, then, then essentially, again, with exception, I understand, but essentially you'd be saying to any couple, you know, it, it, you must start, start thinking of the next child. You must start thinking about having the next child. There would be no such thing, again, until, until physically unable, there'd be no such thing as stopping to have children. Would you agree with that? In the book, I compare this to several other areas in Jewish life, which may make it easier to understand. Go ahead. So the study of Torah. study of Torah is something that the Torah itself uh, puts as something which is essentially unlimited. You know, Vishinantam Lavanecha, you should learn Torah whenever and wherever possible. When you walk on the road, when you lay down, when you get up, there is a Loyomosh Sefer Torah, Zemi Picha Hashem says to Joshua that you should, the, the Torah should never cease from your mouth. There is a mitzvah of studying Torah at every moment. Now, 
the thing is, is that a, a Jew has other obligations as well. By the, uh, you know, by the code of Torah itself, that's, that says that we need to do other things. We need to make a living. We need to educate our children. We need to be uh, properly healthy. We need to eat and sleep and do everything else that it takes to be a properly functioning person. But yet, the mitzvah of studying Torah remains to be, by the ethos of Torah itself, unlimited. And so what do we make of that? What we make of that, what, what, the, what the result of that is as follows. The, the Torah, the, we, we all have set times to learn Torah. And in the book I have an interesting idea because there are times when the Chachomim, when our sages loud and extol the idea of having set times to study Torah. It's something that we're told that when we come up to heaven after 120, one of the first questions we're asked is, Kovato itim la Torah, have you set times to learn Torah? But then there are other places in the Talmud where our sages um, ridicule this idea. They, oh. they talk down on it. They right. say if a person fixes times to learn Torah, they are desecrating Torah. That, that's a, a, huge, a, strongly, a huge, strong term. And what they're essentially saying is, is that, yes, we're able, we need to set times to learn Torah. But this is actually a set time to do something which, which, whose idea is essentially unlimited. And the same thing is here. The concept, the encouragement of having children, yes, does not have an official limitation. The Torah encourages us to have children. Then, however, there are other considerations which by the ethos of Torah itself, are considerations which we need to take in fabric into the, into the equation, which may mean that we should not, at least at this time, or maybe not at all, continue having children. Right, man, but, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but we, can, we cannot say yeah. that the idea itself is, is limited. Right, okay, right. Rabbi Mendel Duboff's with us. The book is called Shall We Have Another? Um, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I'm not quite sure to what degree I, I think the two are comparable, but I hear where you're coming from, but it, what's interesting to me is that with everything you just said, which would indicate that at some point one must evaluate, or in this case two must evaluate, uh, you know, you know, the next step regarding you know ex- expanding their family, you don't even get to the real issues, the practical matters, until you've addressed in the first seven chapters of your book the ultimate issue, you know, the plan for man, which I'm sure. Again, you know, I, I don't remember every detail when I read the book, but I, I'm sure that includes, you know, plenty about what you just described about the unlimited, n- you know, notion of, of children and family, um, uh, destiny, um, you know, caring for a child and the and what it how it enhances one's life when they have children, and obviously the siblings' lives, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and of course, the greatest joy. You are talking about the subtitles of your chapter on the greatest joy is future investment, Jewish strength and continuity, siblings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So all these things you lay out before you start on any of the practical matters, all the you know spiritual and in some ways practical ways that um, having children enhances one's life, and how having children is you know such an important thing in our tradition. I, I would guess you did that purposely to spend the first almost 100 pages doing that right yes absolutely okay. i you know very often and as a, and as a rabbi you know you come across this quite a bit um, you know people you you come to somebody and if they open up to you and and about their own lives and they say well i don't think we can afford having another child 
I, I've, I've had enough. I, I, I'm done. I, I can't, you know, it's, it's too much, etc. Well, the, the human being is built in a way that we are able to do the extraordinary if we are inspired to do so. The, fir- the, first, and, the first and foremost question is, how important is it? And if it's that important, then we, we, get, we find in ourselves the, the ability, the place, even the money, the, just the, the, uh, the, the stamina, whatever it takes. That all is built upon the very first question of what is it all about anyway? You know, when, when, when some people tell you as a rabbi, when they sit with you in your office and tell you that they feel ill-equipped to be able to parent <clears throat> another child, you know that sometimes there's legitimacy to that. Absolutely. And that's what I get to in the last two chapters of the book, is where the Torah itself places the limitations on this, and for various considerations. It's not a one-size-fits-all at all, which is interesting, which may be the reason why after having a, a minimum of children, the Torah doesn't put it as an absolute obligation, right. obviously, because every family is entirely different. Um, so yes, of course, there are there are limitations on this, and every family should consciously, not right. passively. By, but the, by the way, you, know, you, you just stumbled on the argument against your earlier point, you know, because if, if in fact the Torah and our tradition uh, indicate to us that, that one is Yotze, the mitzvah of having children at a certain point, then that would be a big difference between that and the comparison to Torah study. Yes, of course. So the idea is is that the, the it's a mitzvah derabonon. It's, it's a, a rabbinical mitzvah after one has fulfilled the uh, Torah mitzvah, the mandated by Torah itself to have a certain amount of children, a boy and a girl. They should have a boy and a girl. Then it is a mitzvah midrabonon, a, a rabbinical mitzvah. What I get to, and what is very important in the in the first chapters of the book, is that when we speak about a certain obligation and a framed mitzvah in certain legal terms, we can in no way assess the gravity and the importance of that mitzvah just from assessing its legal terms. All right, I, I got to get to uh, a couple of things. First of all, uh, I mean, the purpose of the book, obviously, is to encourage people to have more children. You're obviously a, a big believer, rightfully so, that you know people should have another, so to speak. But you have to deal, obviously, with the biggest, um, with the biggest issue. What what people laughingly call, you know, um, uh, uh, the best birth control. And that, of course, is tuition costs, and and I would say finances in general. And studies that came out this week that said, in order to be happy, uh, meaning financially happy in New York, you need to make a quarter of a million dollars and stuff like that. And I can imagine that when that study was done, nobody in that study had five kids. I bet you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. so, so, how do you deal when you are trying for a hundred pages to convince people how incredibly beautiful, wonderful, and important it is to expand their families? And you're speaking to someone who's a father of six, so it's not like I am, you know, it's not like I've ever demonstrated anything that would be against what you're preaching. Um, how do you deal with the issue of finances? The issue, the issue of finances, I'll be flatly honest, was the toughest chapter for me to write. Yeah, I, I, I know it and feel it every day, as 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 most the vast majority of committed Jews in the tri-state area do. Um, 
let me, the, the, it, it's a large chapter. It has many, many parts in it. it deals with the finances in general, tuition costs in particular. Uh, but let, let, me, let me say this. I think, first of all, to reiterate the uh, first part, the, the, what I, what I was saying before, is that it's, it's a question of what's going on in us. You know, how, how, how hard do we work for something? Well, the question is how important that something is. And so when, 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 we have it, when, we, when we have a clear picture of, you know, how important what it is, what we're doing is, then we get straight into it. We, 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 we literally um, get, we work harder, and, uh, the, you know, those who do know exactly what I'm talking right. about. Right. Yeah, I know what you mean. So that, that, that is the first thing. Right. Um, the, other, the other aspect is, is that, you know, there are certain life choices which are made by us, um, which won't necessarily fabric in the continuity of, of having a family, of having a large family. You know, sometimes uh, people choose where to live in this world, and there are vast differences of how the uh, local government will, uh, will support, will, will subsidize Jewish education. And, uh, you know, again, anybody who's, who's uh, checked a little bit into this field knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so... That there are so number two point number two is that life's choices should take this into account. We shouldn't, especially for young couples, we shouldn't be oblivious. You know, well, I think this would be nice and this would be nice. Let, let's let's think about this. Let's think about this issue when we make our when we make our choices. As far as tuition goes, I make the a very important point in the book that to that the education of every Jewish child. Uh, used to be only boys. We know now in the last uh, century plus uh, we have been able to educate all girls as well in a proper elementary and higher Jewish education, something which is unprecedented. And the point is, is that for, forever, since the days of Yeshua ben Gamla, the original instit- institution of, uh, so to say, public Jewish schooling, it has never, ever been a private endeavor never been something that was mandated by anybody socially or from the Torah that a Jewish family should should is expected to have the means of educating all their children in a Torah education by themselves it was always seen as a collective obligation an obligation of the community and the the result of that is 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 is, is, is it's so important and it is is that a family should never feel inferior or bad or whatever it is if they must request a scholarship, if they are not able to fully cover the means of educating their children. And, that, and it's something which lies upon the community, whether members of the community who are yet to have children or have already had their children and sort of, you know, done with that. It's, it, it, there were places and times in Jewish history where a tax literally was put on the community to support collectively Jewish education. So that is, that is where we are with this. It's something that we, that we all need to pitch in, and an institution, a, a Torah educational institution, should have that at the, at the forefront of their consciousness. I wonder, that, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that the the that the uh, the endeavor is a collective one, and you know today 
the, 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 we have the, uh, you know, it used to be the kihila, the, the community, you know, sort of ran, ran things and was at the forefront today in most places in the, in the world. It's the institutions themselves that have the responsibility. Whoever's in the driver's seat, though, should have this at the forefront of their consciousness. It's something we all need to do together. And I think they, they actually know that well, all too well. But it's the members of our communities that we should, uh, that need to have this, uh, again, at the, you know, this is of the top things that we need to think about, that we are all in this together. Having another Jewish child is something which is a, 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 a strengthens the Jewish people, and we should all be there to enable it. Well, uh, I would say that, um, that even if some of the things you just suggested were implemented, I think people would still use uh, finances and tuitions as an excuse, again, sometimes a legitimate excuse, um, when it comes to growing their family. I, and I wonder if you, deep down, feel that, that finances really is just an excuse. Because if people would prioritize differently, if we would, uh, you know, we as a community would deal differently with what we want and what we want to get from life, um, you know, and, and, we would, and we would prioritize and make, you know, having children in Jewish education our priority, then our spending habits would be a lot different than they are. Um, you know, I mean, whether it come, whether it's spending money on vacations or extravagant comforts, etc. Uh, I'm sure when you see that happen, you are saying to yourself, to yourself, wow, that could have paid for a year of tuition for that person's child, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yep. <laughs> exactly. So it may, it may just be a, you know, I wonder with that in mind, Rabbi Duboff, with all due respect, I wonder if it would have been better if you would have just written the first seven chapters. <laughs> like it, it, I don't think I don't think I don't know if anybody would have looked at my book and say, "How dare you miss <laughs> out the primary issue?" I don't know if, <laughs> if if preaching about finances and how to deal with them, or dealing with the issue of strain and anxiety, which is of course you know other concerns that people have when it comes to raising children. I don't know if 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 any of the way that you approach it as well as you did, I don't know if that's going to change anyone's mind. But the first. 80 to 100 pages might change someone's mind in that they are, uh, you know, they are, they are, you know, deeply um, committed to our people and, and to themselves and to their family and, you know, may have been turned by the inspiring part of your pitch. Did you think about that? Yes, I, I, I did, to be honest. And the, what, what, I, what I say is, is that, you know, very often when we are inspired, we, and then down the road, the inspiration dissipates, and we're left with the inability of, of the nuts and bolts, of the details, of the implementation strategy of our initial inspiration. And that's, and, and that's why we can't, we can't just turn a blind eye and say, well, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll figure it out. Right. Yes, that's true, but with what? How? In, in which way? How, how am I to think of this? Does the Torah have a, a way for me to process this? If I'm able to, 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 to process this properly and to think about it in the right way, then I am on the, uh, more than on the right track of being able to, to do it as it should. But, you know, I had people who asked me, told, you know, told me the opposite, who said, well, uh, listen, you know, the, all the nice bit and the inspiration and, and all the rest of it, okay, get down to the, get down to the main issues. How right. do we do it? Right. <clears throat> you know, so I said, no, no, 
that, that, that's not what it's about. So the book is about really the first part of the book. Once, once we've meditated and absorbed all the, all the information that is in the first part and we're, we're ready to go, then we just need to know, you know how to do it and, and in which, what are the tools which mentally and emotionally I, could, I have to be able to navigate this, uh, this path. Understood. Well, it's an interesting book. It's available everywhere, I assume, certainly Amazon and those types of places. Yes, it's an available in all uh, Jewish bookstores. It's uh, being distributed by Feldheim and uh, on the internet on Amazon.com and Feldheim. The book and is called Shall We Have Another? A Jewish Approach to Family Planning. Rabbi Mendel Duboff, who is the Chabad rabbi in Sparta, New Jersey, is the author. And um, uh, like I said, I, I, I enjoyed reading the book. I highly recommend it, and you certainly... Uh, make a lot of very inspiring points. And as you indicated, you deal with a lot of practical issues that people are anxious to hear a rabbi uh, deal with in a forum uh, like a, a brand new book. So Rabbi Duboff, I say congratulations to you on, on that and uh, Mazal Tov to you on releasing the book. Thank you so much. As I say in the book, it's the, I don't want this to be, the, uh, to be considered the end of the conversation. I want it right. to be considered the beginning. Read the book, take it in, and let this be the first stage in a, in a thought process which, which, uh, whose time has come. Uh, how, well, how much is a house in Sparta? Much cheaper than in New York. Seriously? <laughs> Why do I think that Sparta is an expensive place? It's not? Well, relatively speaking, yeah, it, it, it is. Well, if you go out to the uh, far end of Pennsylvania, you'll get cheaper. But we, we, we're not bad over here. We could, uh, we, you know, it's, it, it's pretty good. Taxes are not the greatest, but uh, the price on houses is, is pretty good. And how far of a drive from you to Morristown? We are 40 minutes from Morristown, and it, my kids are just now in the process of getting out of the house to get to school. It is that and far, we, wow. We are very grateful for the institution in Morristown, for the cheder, for the yeshiva, for providing the invaluable service that they do. Are there other Chabads between you and Morristown? Several. We have many Chabad houses here in the northwest of New Jersey, and uh, we passed a few of them on our way. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. I'm so proud of my friends in the Garden State. <laughs> proud to be <laughs> proud to be a Jersey guy with what you're doing and all your amazing work. Rabbi Duboff, thank you. Hope to visit you one day. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Rabbi Mendel Duboff is the um, rabbi at the Chabad in Sparta, New Jersey. He's the author of Shall We Have Another? It's available on Amazon and basically everywhere, including the Judaica stores. Shall We Have Another? A Jewish Approach to Family Planning. Mendel Duboff, D-U-B-O-V. Check it out today. Erev Rosh Chodesh, Erev Thanksgiving, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app.